As a driven dentist, you see the world differently. Where some see scarcity, you see abundance. When others want to give up, you keep going. You're building an amazing life of significance. That means you can't rely on ordinary advice from ordinary advisors to get to your goals. You want advice that's going to help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and make your dent in the universe. But the fact is, this advice remains hidden because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't care to let you know about them. Join us as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families. Welcome to Dental Wealth Nation. Here's your host, Tim McNeely. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Dental Wealth Nation show. And I don't know about you, but sometimes through life, I can feel like I'm a little bit alone and feel like I'm just kind of going through the motions and I don't necessarily have a lot of control. And if you're like that, I am so excited that you're here today because by the time we finish today, you're going to know that you have the power to change your life. You're going to have a new way of thinking about the choices that you make, but most importantly of all, you're going to feel validated and inspired to take action and get out there and build the life and career that you want. And when it comes to helping Dennis do this, I don't know of anyone better than Dr. Laura Brenner. And Dr. Laura Brenner, she is a recovering dentist. That's right. You heard me right. She's a recovering dentist. She runs the Dental Side Gigs Facebook group. And what I really love about Laura is that she has a passion for helping dentists just like you achieve more and find fulfillment in your life. And so if you're feeling burnt out, if you're struggling, she's been there and she knows what you're going through. Laura, welcome to the show. Hey, Tim. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I, I am just thrilled to to have you here today. And not just any day, but today is a, a special day. It's your rebirthday, isn't it? It's my rebirthday. I came up with that name yesterday. I love it. And, and rebirthday, right? I, I know some of us are listening and thinking, what the heck's a rebirthday? So so tell us what your rebirthday is and, and why this is so important to this topic that we're talking about of di- designing and building a life and career on your terms. Yeah. So in, um, so I practiced dentistry for 10 years and I'll be very frank in saying that I hated it. I hated practicing dentistry. And in 2011, I turned in my very last dental office key for the very last time. And it was the Thursday before Thanksgiving in 2011, when I knew I was going to, I really needed to walk away from clinical dentistry. So that was 2011. And then eight years later in 2019, well, let me rewind for a minute. In 2018, I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer and that rocked my world. It was really um, going through an unhappy career in dentistry was one of the worst things I've ever had to endure. And having a cancer diagnosis like that at 44 years old, pretty young was another one of the worst things I've ever had to endure. And so fast forward 2019, the Thursday before Thanksgiving happened to be the last chemotherapy treatment, my very last cancer treatment, actually. And then it took me a little while to realize that both those rebirths, you know, I had to rebirth, I I had to create a new me and, and I can share what that means to me, but that happened on the same day before Thanksgiving. And that was just crazy to me. Wow. What are the odds? Yeah. Right. And, and and you talk about kind of reinventing yourself and, you know, and and as a recovering dentist, you, you mentioned you hated dentistry. Like, did you hate all of it? Did you hate parts of it? Was there some that you like, like, like what does hating dentistry mean to you? Yeah. So <laughs> to me, what it means is feeling a dread every single day going mm-hmm. in, um, feeling really uh, very similar to the feelings of burnout, actually feeling like you're not making an impact, even though logically, you know, you are feeling like you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders really struggling to, I mean, you, you have moments of joy because you, you do. 
and you've invested so much in this that those moments of joy, you you search for them and you seek them out, which is a, a, a pretty amazing power that we have as humans to cope with challenges. Um, but you um, you just always feel like you're not helping enough. Like the, it, I, I describe it as like there's a fine line between responsibility and burden. And um, for me, it just felt like everything was shifting over into being a burden. Hmm. And I just, I, in my heart, I just, I used to say I hated it. And um, I would search for those positive moments and they were there at times, but it kept coming back to feeling anxious, feeling depressed, losing a lot of confidence and feeling ashamed for not feeling, for not being grateful for this amazing life I had on paper. Hmm. Um, so it's a whole complete toll on, on your total being to wow. feel that way. We invested so much to get here. Yeah. So that first rebirth of leaving dentistry, I had to redo my whole identity. Hmm. Uh, and, and when you were in the dentistry in doing the clinical side of dentistry, were you, were you trying to take steps to improve your situation or, or was it just so overwhelming that you're like, I'm done with this? Yeah. Oh, I love that question because I did a lot. I won't say I did everything, but I did a lot. Uh, and I wasn't, you know, I actually liked dental school. I wasn't one of those um, people who was terribly afraid to do different procedures. Um, I remember being pretty courageous at the beginning. And if I needed to do something new, I would give it a try. Um, and then I, I really invested a lot in my, you know, at first it was like, okay, is this the job or the career? Maybe I need to switch jobs. Um, so switching jobs and mm -hmm. finding a different environment. Um, and then, you know, I invested in, I went down to Panky Institute four times, four different weeks. I went down there to try to try to, uh, save my career. And there were between switching jobs and having mentors and, and taking CE there were, you know, that's a lot of time and effort to try to make it better. And, and, and Panky always said that, you know, it, it was about taking care of you and they had a different way of teaching. And I know there's lots of other great, uh, programs as well. Um, and so I figured if I can't, it, like, this is my ticket, right? And I loved it when I was there. I loved the learning. I loved the content. But when I went to bring it back into the office, you know, I mentioned being pretty courageous when I started. It was actually over time that I became more fearful because I was seeing things come back to bite me in, in the mm. behind, you know, and I was experiencing these potential failures and um, that made me more and more scared the more I was in this field. Wow. Well, you know, and, and you just touched on job and career and those are different things, aren't they? Yes. And, and I think we owe it to ourselves. If anyone's, if you're listening and you're thinking, you know, what do I do? I'm not sure what's going on. It's like, we owe it to ourselves to determine which is it. And I'm like a dog, Tim. I'm so loyal. Like I would stay in these practices for so long because I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe I was scared of change, um, loyalty, who knows, um, trying to see the best in situations. And I would stay for such a long time but it, it really does matter because sometimes, you know, there are people who love what they do, but it's the circumstances around the work. It might be a boss. It might be a team. It might be a commute that's really taking a toll on you. There are factors. So I think we all owe it to ourselves. We've invested so much in getting here that we owe it to ourselves to really understand, will it help if I change my circumstances or not? And when you've done it enough times and nothing gets better, when you've, especially if you've created your dream work scenario, you've, you've got it all and you're still feeling empty or you're still feeling the anxiety and depression that I felt, um, maybe that's a clue. Yeah. 
Well, right. And, and I bring that up because I think that's so important to, to listen to, you know, what are what are we feeling? What's going on? Right. Steve Jobs used to say he'd wake up every single day. He'd look in the mirror and ask himself if today was my last day on Earth, would I go do what I'm about to do? And and I think the next part is so key. And if the answer was no too many days in a row. I'd go do something else because we're all going to have those awful days. We're all going to, you know, want to maybe change some circumstances. And, and that's part of the entrepreneurial journey is you're always going to have those struggles. But 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 is what you're doing bringing you enough joy and satisfaction so that you can push through those trials and, and keep you going towards the other side? And it sounds like you reached a point where you were just done and, and the joy wasn't there and the pain was too great. Absolutely. It was sheer desperation that drove me that and my husband, because we don't often think about how we're affecting our, our other mm. people in our lives and our family. And I was making him crazy. I mean, imagine living with someone who's coming home every day at the end of their day and just complaining. And I didn't realize it because I, I was in such a bad place. I needed, I needed his support. I didn't realize what I was doing. And so he really encouraged me to hmm. do what I want. And, and it really takes listening to yourself because, you know, if we're really getting real about what we want, then we will get our answers. Now, the yeah. challenge with dentistry is we've committed so much to get here that if we're listening to ourselves and the answer is going to actually undermine all those efforts. It's pretty inconvenient, right? And so sometimes we don't listen to ourselves. It's like a battle between the heart and the brain, right? Hmm. Our heart knows what it wants to do and our brain convinces us to do the logical, responsible thing. Um, and we can really create years of suffering because we're not willing to do the inconvenient thing and listen to ourselves. Yeah, wow. Now, you know, you're, you're known for helping dentists create side gigs for really building that that life and career on their terms and and really finding fulfillment in, in, in making transitions or maybe even reassessing their, their current situation. But but take us back to that day you, you turned in your, your key to the office. Did you have a plan for what was next? I did. That's and, and, it, and it was a side gig um, because and I always say to people, I'm never going to walk you off a career cliff. Dentists won't do that. We're too responsible. You know, we're too logical. We just, most of us will never do that. So I had spent um, years trying to explore what else I could do. And it wasn't really until I started um, shifting my mindset and exploring how I was getting in my own way. And really trying to move out of my own way. I think we're oftentimes, we are the source of the biggest blockade that's preventing us from moving forward. So once I started doing that, I started seeing other opportunities. So it wasn't really about finding cookie cutter solutions that uh, any dentist can do. It was very much about exploring myself and just getting into action. So I actually, um, started a weight loss coaching business and I was doing that a few days a week. And my, you know, we're so as dentists, we're so, um, we put everybody else first. We're care. We're like natural caretakers. Right. And as much as miserable as I was, and as much as I wanted to leave dentistry, I could not allow myself to quit for myself. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until my boss said to me, Hey, you know, uh, by the way, nobody knew I felt this way. I was so good at faking it. Um, and patients loved me and, you know, my teams that I worked with, I'm sure there were some clues of, of um, frustration along the way, but all my boss, you know, I worked in practices with a lot of, um, like I worked in a very large group practice and I all of the older doctors who I worked with, they had no idea, right? And he came to me and he said, hey, you know, I want to start my retirement. So we'll start introducing you to all of my patients and we'll spend the next year really helping them get to know you. And then in a year, I'm going to retire. And in that so, moment. That sounds like a dream, <laughs> right? 
Totally, right? And actually, this was my fourth boss I'd ever worked with. And sometimes I used to wonder if he were my first boss, would my fate in dentistry have been different? Hmm. Because it took me um, three different tries, four different tries to find someone who I felt like really was a great mentor. I mean, I had great bosses. Some of them were, you know, great at certain things and circumstances weren't ideal. But finally, this was like a really good situation. And I knew that I I was done by that point. I, I just didn't know what to do or where to go. And so when he said that, I was like, all right, I have to quit for him because I can't lead him on this whole year. And that's what pushed me out the door. And luckily I had this side gig that I could do and feel like it was a little safer. Hmm. It was scary, but it felt, and I wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, but sometimes I think we never get to where we want to be. It's like deciding to have a baby, right? It's like, is anyone ever really ready you know, I mean, some people really are, but in general, you hear about those people who are like, oh, we keep waiting. Maybe next year we'll have a baby. And oftentimes people say they have to just pull the trigger because they'll keep putting it off if not. And it's something they really want. Yeah. I mean, the reality is there's never a perfect time for doing anything. And sometimes you just have to make the choice. And so, right. So here you are, you've been working in this practice. You've been, you know, doing a little side gig for a while. How are you juggling dentistry and that side gig at the, the same time? Yes. Well, I was an associate, so that helped because I didn't have all the extra um, office maintenance work, basically. Um, so that helped. And I was only at that point each as I went along, I kept dropping a day in dentistry. And that was actually part of my test to see like maybe five days is too much and I'll be happier with four days, right? Hmm. And then four days felt like too much. So then I dropped down to three days. So ultimately I dropped down to two days. Now, if you've set up, this goes back to, is it the job or the career, right? If you've set up your ideal situation and you still have that nagging feeling like something's wrong, there's your clue, right? And so I was working two days in clinical dentistry, which allowed me that extra time. So two days in dentistry, two days doing my weight loss coaching business. And um, that's the beauty of dentistry. This is why I love side gigs, because what other fields can we work in where we can work two days a week and still make a decent income? Yeah. Right. And if you've got that side gig, it sounds like that gave you the, the encouragement and really kind of the confidence to be able to say, hey, I, I need to step away. Yes, because what people don't often understand is a side gig is more than just extra income. A side gig is the confidence that you have other skills. It's the um, it, it's the balance in knowing that, you know, we put everything into dentistry. And when something goes wrong and dentistry defines us, then that means that there's something wrong with us inherently, right? And so we really, it takes a toll on us. It, it crushes us. It upsets us. But if you have a side gig, then it expands your perspective of the world. So when things go wrong, it's not as stressful because you've got this new perspective. So side gigs are confidence builders. They're ways of, mm -hmm. you know, really connecting with yourself, having more fun, reducing the stress in dentistry. Um, because it just changes your mentality. So hmm. I think people don't realize that a side gig isn't just, it's really a vehicle to a better life. It's not just, oh, what's a job I can have, right? Yeah. Well, I, and I love that that differentiation. I'm married to a dentist and, and my wife and I were just you know talking a short while ago and, and thinking like, if we didn't do our jobs and we had to like go out to the job marketplace and like submit resumes and like go find a job somewhere. Like, I don't think we could get hired by anyone because, because right. We've both been business owners. We've both been entrepreneurs. And it's like, I don't know that I could get a job anywhere, but I certainly have a lot of confidence to go out there and start another business or another side gig. But yeah, like submitting resumes and trying to get hired. I'm like, 
I don't like we could go, you know, work at a fast food restaurant, probably like that's what we're qualified for because our skills are so unique. And I think that's probably part of the fear you see with dentists, too. It's like, what am I going to do if I don't do dentistry? Right. And you really touched on such a great, important point is that most people are, well, a side gig can be entrepreneurial, your own self-employed business, or it can be a job, right? Like working for an insurance company one day a week is very much a low hanging fruit, common one. Um, So it can be either one, but people forget that there's this developmental phase between what you do now and being qualified to either start your own business or get a job doing something totally different. And people miss developing yourself in that phase. And they just go from, Mm. they want to go from here. I am dentist. Now I, okay, what's a side gig I can do. And, and why can't I find any non-clinical jobs because they're missing all the steps in between and just looking for that end point. And actually the gift that we get as humans is the, 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 oh gosh, I know, I'm sorry. I'm going to say the journey, right? (laughs) So many people hate that word, but I love it because that is the gift is like the journey. That's what life is. It's about the process. Um, And we're trying to bypass that. And that's why so many people are struggling to find side gigs because they're not, they're, they're doing it from the outside in and not the inside out. Hmm. Wow. Now, as you're going through this process, what, what resources or what help did you have in really figuring this out, right? You mentioned, you know, your, your husband was kind of a sounding board, but he's probably a little tired of, of hearing you and, and dealing with it. So did you have resources or people you were able to lean on for advice as, as you were trying to figure this all out? Not really. And that was the problem. This started for me, my third year in practice, it was 2004. Nobody was talking about burnout in 2004, first off, hmm. right? So not in any career. So I didn't know what it was. Um, you know, I worked with a career coach who was wonderful, but she didn't understand the dynamics of dentistry. And so I really had to piecemeal all these different things together. I ended up getting working with a therapist um, and that was a really huge part of it. And I did a ton of personal development. I had to piecemeal it together, which meant it took me a lot longer. Um, And, you know, when you hang your identity on your career, the more the, the more amount of time you have to do it, the worse you feel. And so, you know, it took me seven years to be able to leave dentistry from the time I had my first inkling. And then it took me another six years to figure out what I really wanted to do with my life. That's 13 years of trying to figure it out because I was just creating this path on my own and nobody really knew how to do it. And so what's cool about that is now I really understand every dynamic of it hmm. for people who are who are like I was, who feel like we have no other skills. We have no other options. I don't want to start over. Um, I, it's almost like I've been able to systematize it in hmm. based on my own experience. But yeah, no, there was nothing. There was, and think about it. We didn't have like the Facebook groups or there was very little between 2004 and 2011 to, to support, to connect us all in this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, right. And since then, you've really become one of the leaders in this space of helping dentists create side gigs of building that career and life they desire. And you've mentioned burnouts a couple times and and certainly in previous interviews. And I'm always kind of curious about burnout because how is that different than like those proverbial bad days? Like, like what are the signs and symptoms of actual burnout? And the other thing I really appreciate is you mentioned you did work with therapists, you did work with coaches. And I, mm-hmm. and I think in today's world, like, like those things still carry a lot of shame or embarrassment. And, and I talk about like, I, I'm a, you know, 20 year student of therapy and it's made my life so much better. And, and why do you think people are, are scared to reach out for help? So really two parts is how do you recognize burnout? And then why do you think people are scared to reach out for help? Um, yeah. So, um, Burnout, I, I really love this talk topic because I had my uh, my own personal 
experience with it where, um, like I said, 2004, I, I was really burned out. I didn't know what it was. I thought I hated dentistry. And it wasn't until 2019. So 15 years later, I was doing a talk, a presentation for um, our regional dental society, the Rocky Mountain Dental Convention. And it was 2019. I was like, let's do something on burnout. People were really talking about burnout a lot then. And so I started researching it and I couldn't believe how all the signs of burnout and the symptoms were, was, it was describing me. Like you would open the dictionary and burnout would be a picture of my face, you know, and <laughs> another cheesy <laughs> reference, but um, really it was just, I couldn't believe it. And Every, what I, what I struggled with for years was one, if I knew that it was burnout, could I have saved my career? Um, which I'll, I'll give you the, the, the ending. I don't think so. Um, that's the answer, but it was a question that I had for a long time. Um, because I do think I, the reason I know that answer is I unknowingly was addressing all of the signs of burnout and hmm. it wasn't working. I still, you know, self-care. I would go to yoga class and feel great while I was yo in yoga. But the minute I'd walk out the door, I still, I, I would get that dread, that anxiety, that feeling again, right? Nothing would, like taking breaks, um, going on vacations, getting support. None of those things really, they helped temporarily, but the problem kept coming back. And, you know, like when you're burnt out versus hating what you do, um, when you go on a vacation, you come home feeling refreshed, right? When you yeah. hate what you do, you go on vacation and the minute you get there, you start the countdown of dreading having to come home to your real life. And you mm. feel worse when you come back. It's like you feel more burnt out. Um, wow. So... What I recognized is now that I'm coaching and I love my work and I love what I do, I tend to get back into my old patterns of overachieving and, and working a lot. I burn myself out all the time. And I noticed that when I take breaks, when I get support, when I take care of myself, when I add some of the things that would create more balance, it helps. I feel better. But, wow. right? So what I came up with was this I, this realization that there's actually a difference between burnout, different types of burnout. And there's burnout, that it looks the same. And I'll tell that was your question. So I'll tell you that in a second. Yeah. Burnout when you love what you do looks like burnout when you hate what you do. Hmm. Right? And both of them, you feel disillusioned by your work. You feel, um, you know, it's hard to, acknowledge your wins um and your your accomplishments you lose empathy for your patients and have compassion fatigue everything's a burden everything's a problem you lack energy you can't sleep you you just have no patience you're irritable right we feel that way when we are burnt out and we love what we do and we're burnt out when we hate what we do hmm. right wow um, I'd say the two biggies are like the compassion fatigue and the, um, well, I'd say three, compassion fatigue, feeling disillusioned by your work, and also having a hard time acknowledging your accomplishments. Hmm. Um, always looking at the bad. And we need that in dentistry, right? Because there's so much hard stuff we need. And so if you don't have that, it's going to take you down. Hmm. Um, so... Both, but even when I get burned out now, I get the same, I get similar, you know, I get disillusioned. I, but when I do those treatments, we'll call them, you know, like, so I, so I call this diagnosing your burnout hmm. and really differentiating what is going on with your burnout. Because in dentistry, we always say, if you can create the right, find the right diagnosis for a patient, you can find the right treatment plan for them. Right. So mm -hmm. let's say diagnose your burnout and, and, and you want to find, you want to start with the, the easiest treatment plan, which is maybe assuming 
that you are burnt out and you like what you do. So maybe there's hope. If you go through that treatment plan and all those treatments and it doesn't help, there's another hmm. clue. Maybe you're burnt out and you don't actually love your job or your Interesting. career. Right. So, and then at that point, the treatment is to change. Yeah. So really, you can have burnout if you love your career or hate your career. Mm -hmm. But the difference is when you treat the burnout in a career that you love, you, you bounce back and you keep wanting to, to do what you're involved in. And actually, you've even got a, a guide. I think it's what six reasons you're burnt out in your dental career that people can download from your website. Tell us briefly what's in that. And I'll post a link for everyone to grab that, too. Right. Well, that really identifies that that identifies our patterns that are creating burnout and it identifies, um, you know, it helps us get to this awareness so that we can ultimately create the right solutions for ourselves. So, right. you know, an example, people pleasing, hmm. you know, and a lot of us were caretakers. We want to help people. We want to make them happy. We wish the best for them, but we take that to the extreme and it's, and I use the word, it's like, we're over serving, you know, talking about being of service to other people. There are a handful of us who are over servers and we're helping everybody else at our own expense. We're sacrificing ourselves and that's just not sustainable. So it's helping to identify things like that in the guide. Yeah. Wow. And, and right. Coming back to just really the, this topic of building the, the life and career you desire, Right. You talk about the, the struggles that dentists face and and what really is the, the first step a dentist should take if they want to realign their career for, for greater happiness? How do you how do you think them? How do you help them think through these issues? Right. Well, I this goes back to your question that we never really answered about why people are so scared mm. to get therapy or work with a coach. And the. What I see over and over is that people are staying stuck and they're suffering. They're suffering their way through their lives. And, and there are much more effective solutions than doing it on your, on your own. So I think maybe they're scared because maybe it's a little bit unknown. Maybe in years past, there was a stigma. I don't think there's a stigma anymore. Um, but I think maybe these are old perceptions that we still hold on to, but everyone I know who's ever really, you know, most of the, I should rephrase that most of the people I know who've ever worked with a coach go in feeling skeptical and scared and they come out saying, why didn't I do that sooner? In fact, so many people want to become coaches because they see how powerful having someone to support you, um, is. And so to go back to your question of like, how would I start? For me, it would be, I'd say, get real about your career, right? Yeah. Get real. What's really going on for you and, and get that awareness and then try all those bur burnout treatment plan, uh, treatment steps for burnout when you love what you do, because that's reversible, right? Like yeah. when we're diagnosing a tooth, we're going to start with the smallest treatment as possible if we can, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing with yeah. your career. Wow. So, Powerful so, advice. Yeah. So starting there, but doing something, right? Like not just talking, not just complaining like I did for so many years, um, really doing something and um, being open. I would say the biggest gift is being open to changing your mindset and to knowing that you can, you, we can literally change the way we see the world. Hmm. We really can. And when people allow themselves that, that opportunity, it changes everything. And this is the difference between people who stay stuck in misery and people who don't. Hmm. Well, okay. So, so mindset, right? We've mentioned that a couple of times and, and, and what are some of those mindset shifts that a dentist who's looking to explore a non-clinical career mm -hmm. should really consider. What are some of those mindset shifts that, that they that they might want to consider making? So I would start with um, going from a, uh, a well, we'll call it a fixed mindset, um, like that scarcity mindset, um, 
feeling like you have no control. You know, a lot of things, what I hear all the time is uh, dental school was so specific, so I have no other options. I have no other skills and therefore I have no other options, right? And you can imagine if someone's saying, I have no skills, so I have no options, they're never going to get into action, right? Mm -hmm. And they won't give themselves. And that was me. And the, in contrast, you know, it was years, years of between career coaching therapy and personal development, a lot of reading books and stuff. One day I finally was like, you know what? Dentistry is really hard and most people can't do what I can do. The stuff we do in dentistry is incredible, right? And if I can do dentistry, hmm. then I can do anything. Wow. And that, right? And that is really shifting. That the, that shift really did happen to me. It took me years. But that sh that's really shifting from feeling like I ha you have no control over your circumstances into this opportunity mindset. And what you start to see is that the opportunities are there and they've been there all along. You just weren't seeing them. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I, it, that, that's so true. And I'll tell you, even in my career, right, th there's been points where I've had that burnout where, you know, I've gotten the business valuations, I'm ready to sell everything, just, just miserable. But through that process, I finally reached a point where I'm like, wait, you know, I don't, have to do this because I've built up enough financial security that I don't have to do this. I get to do this. And all of a sudden that started changing everything, right? Just that different way of thinking about things. And so coming back to what you said, right? You know, making it through dentistry. If you can do dentistry, you can do anything. And that really opens up the world of possibilities for you and, and has led you to where you are today. Absolutely. And if you look at the people in dentistry, um, people like you, people like, you know, other, you know, like Paul Goodman, people who are um, doing things outside of clinical, um, they're just, they have that similar mindset of, of it's okay. It's okay to explore. It's okay to grow and do, try new things. And um, whereas the people who are staying stuck, there's a there's a denial of that. There's a, what will people think of me? There's, oh, I'm a failure. It's all of our beliefs. Yeah. And so yeah. when we can change that, then everything else follows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now in, in building the, the life and career that you want in starting a, a side gig, I also want to talk a little bit about networking because this is something you're really good at, right? You've won podcast guests of the year. You've won the, the heavyweight championship of, of speaking. And so Right. You've really pressed into this and, and, and been a good networker. You've demonstrated the skills. And, and what role does networking really play in terms of, of kind of getting out of clinical dentistry? It's everything. It is 100 percent everything. And it's really about building relationships and, and giving. It's not about reaching out and asking what people can do for you right? It's like genuinely connecting with people and wanting to help them in however you can. And also knowing that even if <laughs> you're reaching out to someone who, who in theory on paper has more going on and more to offer, that you still have something to offer and, and offer it. Right. So, um, you know, people are always asking, how can I get non-clinical jobs? And it's networking. I mean, I think about every dental job that I've ever had. I had three jobs in my 10-year career. And every time I got a job, it was through networking. It was through someone I knew. It was never looking at the ad in the dental journal. It was always, I mean, I did look, but I never took those jobs or, or found the right jobs that way. Every job, and I've had some really nice dental jobs um, they were all from someone I knew. So same thing, right? If you're looking for clinical or non-clinical, you do the same thing. But it's really about, about giving first hmm. because people want to give um, and they don't want to feel like uh, you're taking. Wow. Wow. Because that, well, that's what gets us burned out in the first place, right? It's all the giving. 
Like as dentists, we're giving, giving, giving. That's burning us out. So imagine if I'm needing to protect my boundaries because I'm an overgiver and an overserver, and someone comes in, comes to me and asks me, their idea of relationship building is asking me how I can give more to them. It's going to burn me out more, right? So it's like, I don't know if that makes sense, but it just occurred to me. <laughs> so I wanted to share it. Well, right. Yeah, and it's giving, right? It's solving other people's problems, right? It's helping them. And I love that you said that, right? How can you help the other person? How can you give? And, uh, you know, another friend of ours in the, the dental industry, Chuck Blakeman, says, you know, people who are solving other people's problems are often the happiest people in life, right? If you're solving other people's problems, there's so much satisfaction in that. Mm -hmm. I would I would add to that. Solving other people's problems on your terms. There's that phrase again, yes. right? Yes, in a way exactly. that fills you up in a way that allows you to still have your boundaries so you can take care of yourself at the same time. Yes. And that's, yes. that's the magic, right? Yeah. Right. Solving those problems in, in the way that you're uniquely gifted to solve them. And, and like you said, in a way that lights you up. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I mean, I guess that's really where the, the, the career fulfillment comes from, isn't it? Yeah, and we're not taught that. It's like we're taught just to serve, serve, serve. And, you know, mm -hmm. even when I worked with my career coach uh, years ago, she said to me, well, you know, you're like, if I'm going to help you try to figure out how to love your career, um, you know, they say, they, here's the experts, they, right? They say that if you want to really feel fulfilled in your career, that you should be of service to others. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I hate people right now. Like I, what is wrong with me? Like I'm really a bad person. There must be something wrong with me that I don't feel like helping other people. I'd rather work with lab rats, you know, wow. and, and I don't like rats. So that says something, <laughs> but um, in that moment, I, really did take that to go, hmm, what's wrong with me? It wasn't until at least a decade later, it was years later, I was working with some of my clients and I, I had this light bulb go on that was like, oh, this is the problem. It's not that we're not being of service because in dentistry, that's all we are. We are of service all the time. The problem is we're over-serving. We're not creating healthy boundaries. We're sacrificing ourselves. So hmm. in fact, now there are people in the world who being of service would help them gain that joy. But if we're already doing that, then what will allow us to have that joy is to begin to do something that, like you just said, lights you up and that also doesn't create that self-sacrifice. So it's creating boundaries and also taking care of yourself at the same time. It's just a whole, it's like the opposite of what you would think. Yeah. Well, right. And, and so much of this is really personalized to, to you. I mean, there's no standard path to, to, to doing this, right? For some people, it may be, you know, starting a side gig that's a business. For some, it may be starting a side gig that's actually, you know, employment and working for someone else. And for, for some, it, you know, they may just need some tweaks in their, in their existing role and they may find fulfillment there. And so, you know, really it comes back to, you know, I, I think your role is to, to, to help them figure out what they want and get clear. Exactly. And, and that's what I always say, because I think it could be very misunderstood, but I always say, I'm not here to get everybody to quit dentistry. I'm here to get you to do what you want. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How powerful. And uh, so how can people engage with you? How can we get in touch with you, Laura? Well, I do have my uh, really fun Facebook group called Dentist Side Gigs. And that's a great way to engage and, and be a part of a unique community in dentistry. Um, I've got my website that I, I love blogging. I have lots of years of blogging on lolabeescareercoaching.com that um, is, is really shares my journey into and out of dentistry. And for people who 
who resonate with what I'm talking about today, I think you'll resonate with my experience and all of the dynamics there. Um, and then on Instagram, it's Dr. Lola Bees. So Dr. Lola Bees. All right. And um, yeah, that's the that's that's the way. All right, excellent. And I'll put that link in there. And actually, we've got some some comments coming in here. So. Bobby says, great show. Good advice. Bobby, glad you're enjoying the show. Thanks for, for tuning in. If you've got any questions, we're, we're live. So pop them in and we'll, we'll get them answered for you as you're watching here. But uh, so find you on Dennis Side Gigs, right? It is a great group. I'm part of it. I love the conversations that take place. We've got the, the download on really recognizing burnout. And then, you know, do you have any events coming up? I have a really exciting event that is called Safari and Side Gigs. And I that. yeah, I've partnered with my friend Morris Mugo, who's a dental hygienist who grew up in Kenya. And he has what I think is one of the coolest side gigs in the world. He gets to take people on dental mission trips and safaris in Africa. And so he reached out to me and asked if I wanted to do a, um, a joint event where we're going to go do safari in Kenya. We're going to go to the beach for a couple of days. So there's going to be some nice relaxation as well. And instead of doing clinical CE or business CE, there may, there will be a little business CE in there, but it's business. This is going to be focused on how people can get into the right mindset. We, we're going to take you out of your your, your normal stresses of life, get you in a creative setting and help you really dive deep and personalize how someone can get, how you can start a side gig and all the mindset I've, I've systematized it. So I'm going to walk people through the system to help them get started. And, um, it's, it's going to be May 15th through the 22nd of 2024. And it's, it's one of those kind of dream trips where, um, you know, back to the service thing, I want to remove the stigma that if someone doesn't feel like doing mission dentistry, that they're not a bad person, that it's okay. Because, you know, some of us can love dentistry, but we might not want to do it when we go on vacation. So this is giving you, you know, the, all the permission to go on a, you know, trip of a lifetime and pour into yourself. Wow. Oh my gosh. This is going to be a fantastic trip. And so, so really, and I love the the focus of that, right? You're giving yourself permission to, to go not have to do dentistry because I think a lot of times there's guilt that's involved in that. So much guilt. Wow. Well, fascinating. So, you know, kind of looking out there then, you know, based on your insights and, and what you keep seeing, you know, in the, the dental professional, what do you see happening in terms of some future trends in achieving work-life balance? Do you, do you see side gigs accelerating for doctors? What do you see happening as you look out and, and as you continue to, to work with dentists who are really creating the career and life that they love? I really do. And in fact, I, I um, went, a couple of years ago, I partnered with a friend of mine who what, did, does the same work that I do with uh, physicians. And at the time I had been coaching for four years and she had been coaching for 14 years. And she always said to me in, in dentistry, you guys are 10 years behind where we are in medicine. So in medicine, it's, it, there are, there's a, there are a lot more discussions about alternative sources of income and non-clinical work and alternative careers. And so I think we're just going to continue opening doors. We have to pave the way. You know, all the people who reach out to me, do you know of any jobs? No, we've got to find them. They are there. I know people who are getting them, but we have to find them. It's there's not this abundance of them. And but I think we'll get more. Wow. Wow. Well, I, it's certainly an exciting topic. We could keep going on this for a long, long time. There's just right. We, we've just scratched the surface on this. Mm -hmm. And so before we sign off, any kind of closing thoughts, Laura, or, or things you want to address before we uh, say goodbye here? Yeah, I'm going to give you one, Tim, for, for your, this is for your show and your theme is, you know, to, it helps when you can plan, right. Hmm. And, and, and plan a safer financial transition. Um, and sometimes we have to be okay 
with knowing that we might have to change our spending habits a little bit, or we might have to decrease the amount of money that we're willing to earn. Um, and hopefully the intention is that that's temporary, that we, you might have to start at a lower, a lower position than you are now in order to build yourself back up to where you want to go. Hmm. And when you let go of that, that need um, to, to always be at the top and always be the expert and always be, you know, making the most money. When you let go of that need, it frees you up to see more opportunities out there. Oh, I, I, so just I, open wow. up. Wow. Uh, you know what? And I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. that. That's interestingly enough, something I've been going through lately, just as, as I look at my business, considering making, you know, additional investments or, or branching out into things, right? There, there's some fear of doing that because, you know, I've got a you know, savings account over here and I'm like, I don't know that I want to dip into that because it makes me feel safe. I, I, I like seeing that there, right? I, I like those numbers. I want that safety. But you don't grow if you're safe, do you? Right. And 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 what you would say too, though, right, is like working with you, you would help someone do it in a safe, a safer way, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. You you don't want to, you know, blow it all. You still want right. to know that you're gonna be okay, but you know, sometimes we find a little bit too much comfort. And I always Correct. find growth, growth occurs outside of the comfort zone. 100%. So maybe taking safe risks, right? Exactly. Yep. Safer risk and doing it in a wise way. So, wow, Laura, uh, there's a reason you're the, you've been named the top podcast guest and you, you've just shown it again. <laughs> so, so thank you so much for just sharing your, your insights and, and more importantly, for empowering dentists to really build that life and career on their terms and a life and career that, that they can love. And thank you for being such an inspiration to, to so many people out there. Thank you so much, Tim. And thank you for making it easy to share on your podcast. Oh, you're, you're super welcome. And uh, we look forward to having you as a future guest and, and all our listeners come back again. And we'll talk to you here soon on the Dental Wealth Nation show. All right. Um... You've been listening to Dental Wealth Nation. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Join us next time as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families and help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love. Till next time, make sure to hit the website at DentalWealthNation.com. 